Hi, welcome to the She Built It Experience with Melanie. You're here because you want to scale and grow your business, master business strategy, and learn about new tech innovation. Join me and my inspiring guests as we dive into the topic of how, how to create, build, scale, and operate the business of your dreams. In addition to being an entrepreneur, I'm also a twin mom and optimist who loves empowering you to experience the life that you crave. Magic happens when we focus on the part of ourselves and our business that brings us joy. So grab a coffee or cocktail, get comfy, and let's dive in. Janae Neustadt serves as the Senior Manager of Government Affairs for SHI International Corporation, the largest female and minority-owned business in the United States. As a Government Affairs Manager, Janae oversees a team of lobbyists in Jefferson City, Missouri, and helps to manage SHI's consultants across the country. She oversees strategic partnerships on the federal level with some of the nation's most high-profile governors, legislators, and leaders. She is an advocate for women in politics and public policy, having co-founded the Women's Policy Network of Missouri. Janae, thank you for being with us today. Please tell us more about who you are and about the leaps that you have made and what gave you the courage to make them. Thank you so much for having me on today. I have to say that it has been awesome to watch all the great things that you're doing with She Built It. I've absolutely loved watching it grow and the success that you've had. It's really a much needed platform for female entrepreneurs, and I'm really honored to be introduced who I am as a person. I am a believer. I'm a daughter, a sister, an aunt, a friend. But most importantly, I'm someone who is striving every day to be the best version of myself that I can, both for myself and for all of those within my life. As a professional, my background, both through education and experience, has really been varied among several different industries. I started in journalism as a TV news anchor and reporter went to law school. I spent some time on the federal level working in the traditional legal environment before returning back home to Missouri and getting involved in politics. And that's where I've spent the majority of my time in my professional career, around 10-ish years, working for several senators and ultimately the governor of the state of Missouri before transitioning to the private sector where I am now. Over the course of time, I've also had the pleasure of starting a few of my own businesses in addition to everything else that I was doing so I can understand the stresses and the leaps and everything that is required in starting a new business. What motivated me to make these leaps and give me the courage to do it? I love to learn and I love to challenge myself. So part of it, I think, is just that desire to continuously learn and continuously challenge myself. It's also the fact that I've had an amazing support network that is so important to your success in life is just having that really strong network And for me, it's not only family, it's friends, colleagues, and some really amazing mentors that I've had over time. And I know that I can call them anytime and run any issue by them. And they'll help me to see every angle at which I need to see something before I make a decision. And that is really what's helped me make that leap. It's so important that women and everyone really surround yourself with those people that you respect, that you admire, and that you can learn from. And that's what's been helpful for me in getting to where I am today. It's so important to surround ourselves with positive people and people who are going to mentor us through situation. When you're faced with a challenging opportunity where you don't know if you're ready to make a leap, I think about those times when you had to dig deep and find the courage. Is there a leap in particular throughout your career where you can tell us about that time where you found your courage to say, I'm going to do this? That's a really great question. I feel like there were so many because 
the different industries that I worked in were so varied, starting in journalism and then going to law, that was totally different. And then going from law to politics, again, a complete change and not something I ever thought I would do. Probably the one thing that comes to mind is when I was working in politics and I was working as a chief of staff to a couple senators from Missouri, and I had the opportunity to go to work for the governor. And for me, it was just like, oh, wow, am I ready for that? That's a big transition. But you know, you have to look at it as opportunities only present themselves sometimes once. And so when you get them, you have to take it. You have to take that leap. But like I said, you can go to that support network. And that's what I did. And I asked them, give me your advice. Help me to think through this. So that's probably one of those times where I really relied on that support network to make that leap. And finding the courage to trust in yourself to say, I know I can do this. Absolutely. Because I think we have to be really honest and know that there have been so many times where I question, am I, I don't know if I'm ready to do this. When I came from the legal world and went into being a chief of staff, I didn't know anything about that. And I remember thinking to myself, I don't know if I'm ready to do this. I don't know if I have the skills to do this, but then you have to change your perspective and it's, you can't look at it that way. You have to say, of course I can do this. I know I can do it and really have that courage in yourself and that strength and belief in yourself. And I had to ask you that question because I know you have made some incredible leaps throughout your career. Can you tell us about your education leading up to where you are now? Sure. So education-wise, of course, again, I started in journalism and my goal was to be a TV news anchor and reporter. So I went to school to study every aspect from shooting the film to doing the stand-ups to being in front of the camera. Just such a great experience. So that's how I started. I got a bachelor's degree in journalism. And then I decided I really wanted to go to law school. There were various things that pushed me in that direction, but I also wanted to get an advanced degree in journalism at the same time. So I actually pursued a dual degree program. I did a master's in journalism and I focused a little bit more on media management. And then I did my law degree at the same time. And and while working toward my law degree, I also focused on conflict resolution. So I was trying to get every possible educational aspect that I could to really help me in the future. So after that, I moved to Washington, D.C., and I worked for the Federal Communications Commission. And that was such a great experience because it really combined that journalism background and then also the legal background as well. And then I could see things from the regulatory level. So that was a wonderful experience. So in terms of my education, that's really my educational background. But of course, I got many years worth of education in politics and in the real world experience, which I think is equally as important. Absolutely. Was there anything that inspired you to go to law school where you said, I want to become a lawyer? I had a lot of situations just in my familial life in which I had interactions with lawyers and it was just something I was always really interested in. That was more from a property side of things. But then when I went to journalism school, I found myself in situations a lot of times where people would say, you don't have the right to be here or you can't be on the property or you can't run this story. And I just felt like if I was going to be a good journalist, I really needed to understand legally what I could and couldn't do. Where could I be? What could I say? How do I protect myself? How do I protect those that I'm interviewing? And that was really one of the biggest things that motivated me in that direction. I also took a great course in communications law, absolutely loved the professor and found what she did really fascinating. So that was another thing that really pushed me in that direction. That's interesting to think about from a journalism perspective, wanting to know those rights, to be able to tell the story to the best of your ability. Absolutely. I didn't really respect that when I first went into journalism. But then when I was practicing in the field, I could see how that would be really valuable because many times I would be told, you're not welcome here. You're not allowed to be on the property. You just didn't really know how to respond. And I thought if I'm going to be 
successful at this. I want to know my full rights. And also my goal was to eventually go and work within the industry to help other journalists. Ultimately, my path went in a different direction, but that's what I was thinking at the time. And your leaps led you to your current role at SHI. Can you tell us about what you do today? We have an absolutely awesome story. It's one of the things that really attracted me to the company. We are a global value-added reseller of hardware, software, and we provide services too. This is in the IT industry. And we were founded in 1989 by our current owner. Her name is Ty Lee. And at that time, it was a $1 million software company. And over the years, it has grown to be nearly a $12 billion business today. To me, that's awesome. We have 5,000 employees worldwide. We've been voted one of the top places to work over nine times. But my favorite statistic is one that you mentioned in the intro, Melanie, and that is that we are now the largest privately held female and minority-owned business in the United States. And that is all thanks to Ty, her vision, her leadership, her drive. I mean, it is amazing. She still is intimately involved in the business day to day uh, to this day. And I just think it's fascinating. And there's so much that we can learn from her. In terms of my role, I'm a senior manager of government affairs and work as a consultant for SHI. I also work with our consultants across the country. Some of the day-to-day can include monitoring policy trends at all levels of government, engaging with partner organizations, and ultimately just trying to build relationships with IT leaders across the country. Of course, we're a sales company. We always want to drive business. But one of the things I love about it is that we really strive to be a partner. So we strive to do more than just sales. And we have this tagline of we have over 5,000 ridiculously helpful experts. So for me personally, I absolutely love the company. I love the fact that they care about their people. And I love the role because it really is a great combination of my background, as we've talked about in journalism and in law and in government, is the culmination of all of those. It's so inspiring to hear the background of the company and about the leader that you are working for. Within your role, and you have a lot of responsibility, what is your strategy for management and staying on task? And how do you motivate the people around you and your teams? Yeah, great question. So for me personally, just keeping myself on task, one of the things that I do is I try to address things immediately as they come up. That's really important for me with whether it's emails, projects, I don't care if it's text messages, phone calls, I try to stay really on top of it. Communication is very, very key for me. I know that that's not always realistic, right? We're pulled in many different directions, so we can't always do that. So part of what I found is just learning and knowing myself. So I try to stay on top of everything as quickly as I can to get it off my plate. But that being said, I've gotten really good at knowing when I've reached that point of close to burnout or close to, hey, I need to take some time away. And I do that. So that way, when I come back, I'm twice as efficient. So it's a little bit about knowing myself too. In terms of motivating, I learned early on from, again, a good mentor of mine, that the best way to have success in your business career is to really hire the top talent and give them the ability to do their job, right? I don't like to micromanage. I want to bring in good people and I want them to have the autonomy to do their job. But at the same time, I also want them to feel like they're part of a team. I never want them to feel like they're on an island. We're all a team. We're all working together. And some of my positions before, I would I used to gather the team every morning. We'd have the morning roundup where we talk about what are some of the big decisions that we're going to have to make today. Let's talk through them. Let's everyone be on the same page. Let's address this and move forward as a team. And then it's also really important that the people I work with know that I care about them and I care about them personally. 
and professionally. I never want them to feel like I'm trying to put myself first. I want them to know that their health and well-being is super important. And I think by showing people that, by giving them the autonomy and by showing them they really care, I think that is a natural motivator. That's such great leadership to talk about clear communication, but also giving the freedom and flexibility to do their best work and to do their job and showing them that you care. You also mentioned burnout. You've mentioned a farm. Can you tell us about that? And do you ever go there when you've experienced the burnout? As you know, Melanie, one of my favorite things is my country roots. So I was born and raised on a farm and it is really the place where I find so much peace and joy and happiness. And it is the place that I go whenever I just need to get away and be on my own and find that joy. And so I do spend a lot of time there. And thanks to COVID and not being able to travel as much as I normally would in a usual year, I've had the opportunity to spend so much more time there. So I've enjoyed working with the family on planting and harvesting. And this past year in particular, had the ability to work on a garden, which is something I've always done it here and there, but I've never been sedentary enough to really devote my time to it. So it was absolutely awesome. I got to grow over 30 different varieties of fruits and vegetables, bring others in to to give them an opportunity to experience it, to bond with family and to really share the fruits of our labors. That's definitely my happy place. That's so great. It's so important to take that time to slow down because I think when we take that time to slow down, that's when our ideas really come to life. And you mentioned burnout. We all feel burnout at certain times. It happens to everyone. And so it's amazing that you were able to take that time to spend time in quiet and peace and with those that you love around you. Right. And I I completely agree with the burnout. That's something I've really had to teach myself over time because I'm a really hard charger and it's hard for me to stop and take a break. But I think that's one of the best lessons that I've learned is you're going to be so much more successful if you're more balanced on the weekends, take time away, spend time with family, do the things that are important to you, get that relaxation. in, so you can come back during the week and be a better version of yourself professionally. Because I think if you let burnout get to you, it's just going to harm you all the way around. You have to know those boundaries and you have to set those boundaries. Absolutely. Such good advice. And I know a lot of the women and men listening to this podcast are very goal-driven, very type A. We like to accomplish things. So that advice of taking that downtime to really feel the joy, really good advice. We are all shifting and pivoting at such a rapid speed today. And I love how we can learn how others have overcome obstacles and challenges. Can you share a recent business experience that you had where you were able to overcome a challenge? the biggest challenge for me has always been that of delegation. And I think that this goes back to us again, like you just said, being that type A personality. I love to learn. I love to understand how every aspect of a business works from top to bottom. The same can be said for the fact that I want to have a certain level of quality in the work product that I'm producing. If it's going to have my name on it, I want it to be of a certain level and a certain quality. But good leaders realize that it's not realistic. You have to delegate. You have to learn how to do it. So I really worked on how to overcome this. And I think, again, it goes back to that. You hire good people. You wait until you find the right person. You don't just hire. You wait until you find the right person who really has a genuine interest in what you're doing, that they feel a part of the team such that they want to see it succeed. That takes a lot of time on the front end, teaching them of what you're trying to accomplish, the level of quality that you want, and also teaching them not just the what, but the why you're doing what you're doing. And another thing I found is also asking them, what is it that they enjoy doing and how do they want to contribute? 
And I think that if people are doing something that they like, of course, they're going to be better at it. And so that's how I've learned to overcome what's always been a challenge to me of delegating is, again, hiring the right people, getting them engaged, teaching them the why, and then asking them what they enjoy doing so that they will ultimately be successful. And I can feel comfortable knowing that we're achieving all of our goals and at that standard that we want to. So true. And to your point about putting your name on something, we tend to take so much ownership of things and we take pride in that, but it's also allowing others to do their job and companies can really grow when we put that trust in other people. Right. It seems like you've really mastered clear communication, which is such a great leadership skill. And also if someone wants to learn something new, it's going to make them so much more excited about their job. Right. And they're going to be so much more successful for you too. I think communication is key. I've just found that being open, being upfront, being honest and sharing the vision is really important. Really great skills to have in a leader. And that's someone you want to work for is someone that's going to give you that clear communication, the feedback, and actually think about what you want to accomplish within your role. Right. That is so true. And I think about that all the time. I think back to the bosses that I've had who are people that I just wanted to work for. They were so great to work with. And it was so hard when I ended up having to move on. I want to be that same kind of person. I want to be someone that people want to work for because they know that they're going to learn, they're going to grow, and I'm going to care about them. And we're going to have not only a professional relationship, but I'm going to care about them personally too. With the recent shift in technology today, are there any tech platforms or apps that you use either in business or your personal life that you could not live without? I think right now, professionally, I would definitely say LinkedIn. I used to be on the go and have the ability to meet people and network all the time. That's a big part of my job. And it's really hard to do that when we're all grounded in this environment. And I think LinkedIn is really the best opportunity to keep up with everyone professionally, to follow what it is that they're doing and to make those important connections. From a personal perspective, two different apps are my favorite. One is Yoga Go. And this is one I used to use when I traveled a lot because I could take yoga with me and it would just be a great release while I was on the road. I could do this from anywhere, but I've enjoyed it while being a little more homebound. And I also love Instagram. I'm a huge fan of photography and travel. And so That's a way in which I can share my photos and my travel with everyone. So those are really my go-tos. Since we are all dreaming of travel right now, do you have a favorite trip that you've been on and why? I would say South Africa. I had a great opportunity to travel to South Africa and Botswana a few years ago. It was with a delegation through the State Department. And our goal was really to foster relationships among future leaders of the countries. And so we had the pleasure of meeting with political leaders of all the different parties in both South Africa and Botswana to go to parliament, to see it in action. And it's just really amazing the difference between our political system here and what they're doing there. And forging those relationships and those friendships was something that was just so meaningful to me. And of course, enjoying the cultural aspects of South Africa and Botswana too. Absolutely beautiful. My other top though would be Israel. Uh, And if I really, really had to pick one, I would probably pick this. And I think the reason why is that, well, first of all, there's just so much to love about the country. But for me, my absolute favorite aspect were the people. And the best way that I can describe them is resilient. They are the most resilient people that I've ever seen. I don't know what it's like to live in the middle of war most days of my life. I don't know what it's like to hear bombing in the background. I don't know what it's like to have a 15 second warning before I need to run and take shelter from a bomb that's headed over. And for me to 
literally see that firsthand, to hear it, to see it, to feel it, and to know that they're just moving on with life as though nothing's going on and just continuing to move forward. To me, that was amazing. One of the areas we visited the very next day, it was actually bombed. And so to think about that, it's just hard to think about living in the kind of world that I do right now. In addition, of course, I loved the historic and the biblical aspects of it. That was something that was really important to me. The fact that the country has so much to offer, despite the fact that it's relatively small, both geographically and in terms of the number of people. And then, of course, from a tech perspective, which is of interest to me, I think it's really fascinating. There's a great book called Startup Nation, which talks about all the startups that have happened and come out of Israel. And really, again, it's amazing for how small the country is and how few people they have relative to other countries. So for all of that, I would say that was probably the most meaningful. What an incredible moment to have and appreciation to bring back with you. I'm sure all of those experiences play into your everyday role at what you do and within your life as far as finding joy and appreciating joy and appreciating life. Oh, my goodness. I think back to that when I was in Israel if they can find joy every day and go about their life and build businesses and succeed and thrive, certainly I can do it. The hurdles that I have are are far less than what they're experiencing there. So you're absolutely right. Magic happens when we focus on the part of ourselves and our business that brings us joy. Speaking of joy, what is one tip that you can leave with us today about how you find and live your joy in your life and in your career? I love this question because I try to find joy in the absolute smallest of things. And my tip is that it's easy to do that. It's really easy to find joy when you change your perspective. I think it's all about perspective. And I think living in a world with COVID presented a good example of that because so many of us have spent the last year focusing on what we miss. So we miss travel. We miss the interactions with family and friends. We miss major events. But what I've kind of changed my perspective to say, well, what is it that I've been able to do because of COVID and because of not being able to travel? So I shift it and I know that I've had the ability to spend a lot more time with family. So I've been able to find my joy there. I know as we talked about, you know, my country roots, I loved being back home, being on the farm, starting that garden and really all of the great things that came out of that. I was able to find a lot of joy in that as well. So shifting my perspective But ultimately, for me, it's all about giving. I am the happiest when I am giving to other people, giving back to those within the industry, trying to mentor, you know, young women in business, politics, et cetera. That's really what's important to me is the giving. But my tip would be to really change your perspective. And when you do that, I think you can find joy. That is such a beautiful outlook. And we've all struggled in so many ways throughout this year. But like you said, if we focus on the joyful things, it makes it so much easier. We started to have brunches at our house and the kids now look forward to this brunch. And it doesn't take a lot of time, but it's been, like you said, those little moments where you can bring the joy in. And those are probably the things that they and we will remember. That's exactly what I was going to say. You know, Melanie, those are what your kids are going to remember. And if we didn't have a time like this, we would all be going a million miles a minute in so many different directions. And we wouldn't slow down to really appreciate those kinds of things. So I'd love to hear that. It's as simple as doing things like that. that They're really going to have an impact in that bonding and that lasting memory that they're always going to remember. 
And I'm sure it's the same with you and your family on the farm and in the garden. It's those small, quiet moments. It has given me the opportunity to really bond with my family, in particular, my aunt, who's 80 years old. I have had the ability now to spend time learning from her from all of her years. It's been so fun. And then to bring in my nieces and nephews and teach them and start them young, teach them about the process and really the benefits of being out on the farm and learning how to do this and bonding with one another and then ultimately giving back. So it has been a great experience. Thank you so much for joining us today, Janae. It's been wonderful to talk to you. Can you tell us how we can find you? Sure. I am on Facebook. I'm on Instagram and I'm on LinkedIn. You can find me on any of those platforms at Janae M. Neustadt, the same across all three. Please reach out. I would love to hear from you, love to share experiences, hear your story. Thank you so much. I'm so honored to be a part of this network to celebrate the successes of those starting their own businesses and love the opportunity that we can really learn from each other and grow together. If you are new to She Built It, we'd love for you to join us. We offer community memberships, masterminds, innovative virtual events, and meaningful connections to entrepreneurs and corporate leaders. Please also check out our She Built It shop, curated products from women-owned businesses who put their heart and soul into their beautiful and innovative products. We offer She Built It business consulting and the She Built It blog. Thank you to everyone around the world who joined today. Thank you to my editor, Rich Strefolino. Please download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And until next time, together, let's let nothing stop us from experiencing the life that we crave.